morning, everyone. Good morning. And welcome to worship at Bohelby, and a special welcome if you're a visitor with us today. Uh, we hope you're able to join us maybe for a tea or, co or a coffee after the service if you can stay behind for that. Um, quite a few wee announcements for you this morning. Um, the first is to say that next Sunday's our harvest service, and we've taken a decision on Kirk's session that we would like to support an initiative in Ellen Parish Church which is about a community larder. Some of you might have seen uh, an article in the Press and Journal uh, about the community larder that's opened there in the Kirk Centre uh, a few weeks ago. Um, community larder is a wee bit different from a food bank. Um, the idea is there that people can come along to the larder, they can bring stuff to, to, to share with people. If they've got excess, if they're needing stuff, they're able to take some items as well. And the larder also gets produce from the local supermarkets that's close to its sell-by date. Uh, Nicola Bruce, who's very involved there, says the idea is that you can take what you need and you can also give what you can so that you can be a part of supporting others and you can get a hand yourself if you need it. Now, people come to the larder for a, a variety of reasons, to reduce food waste, maybe to support others, or also maybe to get a wee hand when they're struggling a bit. And the beauty of it is nobody knows why you're there and um, it's not, there's, no, there's less of a stigma that there might be um, around a food bank. So we're encouraging you uh, next Sunday if you'd like to come with some items. Hopefully you had a chance to read the, uh, the notice that was on the screen as you were coming in with some suggestions for the kind of things that would be useful. You can also find that on our Facebook page if you'd like to help. So that's next Sunday in our harvest service. And next Sunday, the 2nd of October, will also be a, a soup, cheese and bread lunch. And donations that day will be going towards the Six Guild project. So if you can stay on, you'd be welcome to do so. Um, elders, we have got our accounts finished. Um, there's a short finance meeting today after uh, church where um, the finance team will look at them. We want to have a short Kirk session meeting on Wednesday night. Um, simply to look at the accounts and that's going to be a Zoom meeting so we won't have to kind of all gather just for the sake of that but we'll meet on Zoom on Wednesday night uh, to approve the accounts and I'll send a link to you um, if not today then at the start of the week. Advance notice of a couple of things that are coming up we've got Bruce Davis coming on the 5th of November uh, from 2 to 4 in the afternoon in the Forsyth Hall. Uh, Bruce is an excellent uh, singer-songwriter, guitar player. Uh, we would love to have you along to that. I encourage you to bring a friend and tickets will be available from the social committee soon. 19th of November, uh, Date Beer Diary is a Christmas fair in the Forsyth Hall uh, on the Saturday. And then further down the line into next year, Saturday 28th of January, uh, we're going to be having another Burns Supper in the Forsyth Hall and those of you who were at the last one uh, will know that it was a really good event so uh, Saturday 28th of January um, will be our Burns Supper. All these dates will be in the magazine uh, when that comes out shortly. And then one last thing which I'm uh, obliged to do today is to read this citation uh, from the Presbytery of Gordon. Um, notice is hereby given that in connection with the Presbytery Mission Plan the Presbytery Plan Review Group will present the proposed Presbytery Mission Plan to the Presbytery of Gordon at a special meeting to be held in Inverurie St Andrew's Church on Saturday 1st of October 9.30am. Each congregation is cited to attend in its own interest. Congregations can address Presbytery through their Presbytery Elder, their Minister, their Interim Moderator or a designated spokesperson and all will be heard. 
Uh, each congregation will be limited to speak for five minutes as per the standing orders of Presbytery. By order of the Presbytery, Ewan Glenn, Presbytery Clark. Those are all our announcements this morning. So let's begin our worship as we sing to God's praise hymn number 181 for the beauty of the earth. Oh, no. 
Please be seated. Let's come before God in prayer now. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather here today, help us to gather our thoughts and to still our minds so we can meet with you this morning. Each one of us comes to this place from a different week. Some have been busy, others relaxing. Some of us are far away in our thoughts as we gather here today, caught up in the concerns of everyday life. So we ask you to still us in this time and gently nudge us out of our self-preoccupation so we can make room for you in our hearts and minds today. Father, we remember that you are the beginning and the end of all things. The one towards whom all human history tends. The one whose cross stands while the world turns. So often we live as though we were the centre of things and we thank you for those graces, human and divine, that remind us that we only contribute a few lines to a much bigger story. Thank you for the beauty of the earth, not just for the glory of the high mountains, the vast seas and the open skies, but for what they bless us with, a right perspective on our lives a sense of the majesty that lies within and beyond creation. We thank you for the people who give us our place in life, those who care for us and form us in childhood, those who support us and encourage us as adults. And we bless you for times like this when we draw aside for a few hours or a few moments and Take the time to get things in the right place. Let go of the concerns and feelings that we don't need to cling to anymore. Lord, help us to know today that you are with us. Help us even now to know your nearness. Father, we know how easy it is for us to veer off the way that you ask us to walk, following Christ. When we've done something, even something worthy, more for the praise that we'll receive than the benefit others will gain, forgive us. When we've said things to make others look small or push them out of the way so we could gain an advantage, forgive us. When we've acted selfishly, as though we were the only ones that mattered, or when we put ourselves in the place of judgment which belongs to you alone, forgive us. Hear us, Lord, and help us seek and grow into the mindset of Christ, that we might learn to be humble and to serve others with gladness. Lord, in your mercy, Hear all our prayers which we offer in and through the strong name of Jesus Christ, our friend and our saviour, in whose name we make all our prayers, saying together, our Father, who art in heaven. 
us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. <coughs> our reading this morning is taken from the book of the Psalms in the Old Testament, Psalm 115. And Eric Leslie is going to read for us. To you alone, O Lord, to you alone, and not to us must glory be given because of your constant love and faithfulness. Why do the nations ask us, where is your God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he wishes. Their gods are made of silver and gold, formed by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, and noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, and feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound. May all who made them and who trust in them become like the idols they have made. Trust in the Lord, you people of Israel. He helps you and protects you. Trust in the Lord, you priests of God. He helps you and protects you. Trust in the Lord, all you that worship him. He helps you and protects you. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the people of Israel and all the priests of God. He will bless everyone who honours him, the great and the small alike. May the Lord give you children, you and your descendants. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Heaven belongs to the Lord alone, but he gave the earth to the human race. The Lord is not praised by the dead, by any who go down to the land of silence, but we, the living, will give thanks to him now and forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Eric. Our next hymn is number 255. Father, hear the prayer we offer. Let's worship God together.
Let's take a moment to pray together. Let's pray. Lord, your promise is that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst of them. And so we believe that you're here today through your spirit and that the purpose of your spirit is to, to move our hearts and minds to worship, love and thankfulness for who you are and all that you have done and are doing for us in Christ. So as we attend to your word today, Father, we ask that you would build bridges between these words, these ancient words, and the real lives that we are living, that they might speak a word of encouragement or guidance or correction to us as we listen to what you have to say through your word this morning. So hear our prayers, because we ask them in Christ's name. Yesterday, a few intrepid explorers from this congregation uh, took a walk down by the Eithen estuary before retiring to the View restaurant in Newborough for a very well-earned bacon roll. And I've got to know that part of the world quite well over the time that I've been here, but I'll always remember the first time that I did that walk down by the Eithen a couple of years after arriving in Belhelvey. I had a lot on my mind, much of it to do with the life of our church. So not much has changed in 15 years. But back then I was thinking a lot about what it means to keep the faith at a time when society is turning away from it en masse or choosing pick and mix spirituality over the kind of faith that might actually ask something of us in terms of self-sacrifice or commitment. These things were weighing heavily on me, so I decided to go for a walk to try and find some perspective. And it was a gorgeous spring day, blustery but sunny, and the walk was a revelation to me because I'd never seen that part of the coastline before, and the scenery that day was stunning as it was yesterday. But what I really wanted to see was the ruin of Forvey Kirk, and I think we have an image here, Ernie. That's the one, thank you. For those of you who don't know, Forvey Kirk dates from the 12th century, although they reckon there was a place of worship there 500 years before that. But at some point in the Middle Ages, the encroachment of sand made it impossible to live in the village anymore, and Forvey became deserted. But the ruins of the Kirk are still there, and you can even see some of the artifacts from it in the wee centre on the right-hand side, just as you come down into Colliston. And so that's where I had my lunch all those years ago in the shelter provided by those 12th century stones. And it was a healing thing for me to be alone in that place with God for a while. It was healing because those stones reminded me that in the grand scheme of things, our contribution to the church is only a few short lines in a vast, unending story. Empires rise. Cultures and civilizations ebb and flow. But for 2,000 years, the church of Jesus Christ has outlasted them all. Always changing, 
always reforming, always moving on, but always there in some shape or form. And what struck me both then and now is the realization that the call of God in the church in each generation is not to be successful, but to be faithful. That's worth hearing again. It's not to be successful, but to be faithful. Now, those two aren't mutually exclusive, but it is so important that we get them in the right order. Faithfulness comes first. It's the necessary precursor to success as God defines success. And it's important to remember that faithfulness doesn't come easily. It's hard being a faithful husband or wife or parent or friend. There's a degree of sacrifice involved. A giving up of some of our independence for the sake of something that we believe is important. In the face of habituation or maybe even temptation, we stay faithful to our partner because we love them and we value the commitment that we've made to one another. Despite all the emotional and physical upheaval involved in bringing up kids, we faithfully parent them because we love them and we want them to turn out happy and well. But through all the ups and downs, we faithfully stay with our close friends because we know that their companionship is a big part of what makes life worth living. We know from everyday experience that anything worthwhile in this life is only achieved when we apply ourselves faithfully to the task, whether we're plowing a field, tending tomatoes, writing a report, studying for exams, or learning a skill. Without that faithful persistence, we can't achieve anything of lasting value. But it's hard being faithful. And it's hard being faithful to God Especially when you feel like the odd one out because most people in our streets, in our workplaces, don't make much room for faith in their lives, at least not explicitly. Given the trends in our part of the world, we might think that's something new. But today's psalm reminds us that unbelief is as old as the hills. Why do the nations ask us, where is your God, says the psalmist? Well, I guess there are a few reasons the nations might have asked that question of Israel. Maybe God's chosen people had lost a battle. Or maybe their crops had failed. Maybe their homeland was overrun and they were still being held captive in Babylon when this psalm was written. We're not sure. But the logic of the question is not hard to follow. If your God's so great, why are you in a mess? Why aren't things working out better for you? And the psalmist gives the only answer he can. We don't know. But we know this. We're going to keep believing and trusting in God. You nations put your trust in things that your own hands have made, he says. These are the things that you live for and that you worship. But you're in danger of becoming as dead and lifeless as they are. We live for an unseen God who's bound by no one but who binds himself to those who honour him. So whatever our circumstances just now, we know we're not forgotten. And we will find help. And we will be blessed. 
And then comes this great threefold proclamation of faith, an exhortation to faithfulness. Trust in the Lord, you people of Israel. He helps and protects you. Trust in the Lord, you priests of God. He helps and protects you. Trust in the Lord, all you that worship him. He helps you and protects you. Trust in the Lord. Don't lose heart. Keep the faith. When things are going badly, don't despair. When things are going well, don't get cocky. Keep the faith. When the church is half empty, don't get down. When the church is feeling fuller, don't get complacent. Keep the faith. When progress seems slow, don't give up. When things feel like they're getting out of hand, don't panic. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. That is what it's all about. Faithfulness. Not to the building or the denomination or to our way of doing things, but to the God in whose name we gather. That's what we must be about. And where God finds people who are faithful to him, people who remember him in their daily living and order their lives around him, he will bring not success as the world sees it, but he will bring blessing. The Lord remembers us and will bless us, says the psalmist. He will bless the people of Israel and all the priests of God. He will bless everyone who honors him, the great and the small alike. And then there's this lovely phrase in the psalm. May the Lord give you children, you and your descendants. And in the ancient world, of course, children were seen as a sign of blessing, as they are today. But what better prayer could we have for our church than that God might bless us with new life as we try to bring our children and grandchildren up in the way of faith, but as we also Bring adults to see that the God that they've heard of from childhood is living and active and wants to bring new life within them as they open up their lives and begin to respond to him. New shoots, new life springing up. That's what success looks like in the church. But success begins with faithfulness. And the road called faithfulness is long, pitted, and sometimes lined with thorns. That's part of what the story of Christ teaches us. Because they took the Son of God, God's faithful servant, and they beat him, and they stripped him, and they nailed him to a tree. And the world laughed at his end. Look at the king, they said. What a great success he's made of things. No family, no followers, no friends. No escaping your fate this time, Jesus. And maybe, just maybe for a moment, those words cut deeper than the nails and the scourging and the crown of thorns. He'd been faithful to God all his life. Had it all been worthless? Was this the end? 
down the centuries, the psalmist's voice whispered, No. Trust in the Lord, all you that worship him. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless everyone who honours him, the great and the small alike. For the faithful, suffering and struggle are never the last word. Faithfulness is the pathway that leads to blessing. It's always worked that way in the economy of God. And there is no better example of that than the cross. Because on the cross, God took the worst that the world could do to Jesus and through his faithfulness, turned that into the very means of our salvation. And that's why in our tradition, unlike other branches of the church, we always depict the cross as empty. The message is that Christ has moved on. His faithfulness carried him through death and out the other side into resurrection and new life, pulling us with him. And standing that day in Forvikirk all those years ago, I sensed a parallel between what I was experiencing in that building and the story of Christ because those empty old stones remain as a testament to what was but the church has moved on her faithfulness has carried her through all the trials and challenges of the centuries down to this very day the church moves on and though we don't know what the future holds for Bohelvi Church or the wider church for that matter we know who holds our future. And in the midst of all of that, our task is simple. Not to panic. Not to get complacent. Not to chase success or to drift off in apathy. Our task is to stay faithful. To stay faithful to God in prayer service and work and in worship if we can do that then the psalmist today is telling us with complete certainty that blessing will follow Amen William Anderson is to come now and lead us in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with praise and thanksgiving. We praise you for being our creator God and we thank you for buying us back with the precious blood of your one and only son Jesus when we turn from you in our sin. To you alone must glory be given because of your love and faithfulness. Help each one of us to trust in you who helps and protects us 
and let us give thanks to him now and forever. No matter what our circumstances in this life, let us praise the Lord. In these challenging times for our congregation and church, when we experience the consequences of the pandemic and the proposed and sometimes hurtful changes set out in the presbytery plan, let us always be able to say, God is good. Let there be blessing on our church and congregation, even as we face difficult times. We pray that your will be done. We pray for those we know who have been afflicted, affected by illness. Let your healing hand be upon them and let their medical treatment be successful. Let them be able in the midst of their adversity to know and proclaim that you are their God. We pray for those we know who have recently been bereaved. Let them know your presence and the peace that only you can give. We pray for all who are worried or in distress because of the economic difficulties we face. We pray for your guidance as the government try to come to terms with the economy and the war in Ukraine. We ask for a speedy and just resolution to this conflict. Be with those who rejoice today and let them put you first in their lives. Be with Paul as he not only ministers here but also copes with the congregation of Methlik in their changing circumstances. We ask for your blessing in that situation. Be with King Charles, Queen Camilla and the royal family as they come to terms with the loss of Queen Elizabeth. Let them have wisdom in all that they say and do. We pray all of these things in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, William. We close our worship this morning in the words of hymn number 153, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.